episode 354 of Texting, brought to you by me, Justin, um, and that other guy, Jason. I'm the English guy. Justin is the English guy. Jason is the American guy. Actually, I say brought that you because... By, uh, you said brought to you by... I thought you were going to list a sponsor or something. I think it was brought to you by Nike and Coca-Cola. That's a good point, yeah. No, that is a good point. I should have there, yeah. So again, so that's the wrong wrong way to introduce it. Hosted. But have you noticed? Have you noticed that um, over over the years, we've had quite a few emails where people confuse us. They'll be talking to mm-hmm. um, Justin, and they mean you. That's right. To be talking to Jason, they mean me. I I think we need to um, change our names for, for once and for all. We just need to, you know, I am Justin the. Um, the suave, debonair, sophisticated English guy, and you are Jason, the American guy. Just Jason. Just Jason. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much says now it you, all. You know what I, you know, like, the funny thing is, is like, when they do confuse us, it'll be like, Justin, I really think you are so awesome. Like, that thing that you said was like one of the best things I ever heard. And then I'm like, halfway down the conversation, they're like, wait, wait, aren't, are you the English guy? I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, oh, sorry, I meant to be speaking to Jason. So what's happening? What's, uh, what's, what's the latest with uh, JV Multimedia? JV Multimedia? Don't you mean Justin.biz? Um, <laughs> Justin. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, well, it's been, it's, you know what, it's been tough to, to reboot uh, Taskflow back into RAM. And, uh, I, that's as I warned you about. That's that's the that's the risk. You get off, you get off the tracks, and you start doing some other stuff, and it's just so hard to get back in the zone. Yes. Um, well, okay. So yeah. So well, it was the you, so. it, it was you, no. You you told me so. You were right. Um, but there was there was a few different reasons. Um, like obviously the music stuff. Uh, I got the madness about the music stuff and I just mm-hmm. couldn't stop thinking about it even though I wanted to mm-hmm. stop thinking about it and I just kept on thinking about songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I finally axed that, got that out of my brain. It's just mm-hmm. very strange the way that it's just like this viral infection that doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then after I did that, ugh, the cat went and just decided that it, it needed to, well, it, it just I just had to take it in to put it to sleep. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so that was very sad for the whole family, and it was—it's not particularly easy taking a cat in and getting it, you know. And this that, like that. took you down for weeks, or is this just something that looked a bad? No, I haven't day or spoken two. to you. I mean, I've only spoke—we've only been two weeks since we spoke together. This, you're giving this, me reasons of why you're not working on task flow, and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally is... working on task flow. I'm making great progress. I'm just saying <laughs> that it took a while to get to like. I think I lost a week. I think in total, I lost a week with all the different it stuff. At least, well, you know, it's funny. I tell what. I got Phil is the one. I don't know if Phil made this up, but he would always say this. He's like, "Look, you want results? Or you want reasons? I'm hearing a lot of reasons. <laughs> so it's just yeah. all kind of all kind of reasons, uh, you know." But then, but then, like when I did start getting back into it, um, for some reason, I found it just reasons. I found it hard to wrap my head around uh, the new fast note stuff that I'd done. Um, which was which was great, mm-hmm. and then sort of integrating that with the all the existing stuff that I'd done, mm-hmm. and I was like banging my head against the wall for three days, and it's it, it it wasn't exactly, I wasn't working on it for three days, but I was sitting down to get the work done, and then it was like brain not connecting, like 
it's I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to connect this new work with this old work. Mm-hmm. So after like three attempts, I'm just like, okay, screw this. I'm just going to go from the ground up. I'm just going to go from the ground up with the new Fastnode stuff and just build it that way. Not forget about integrating. And so that's been great. Um, I've been doing it. Um, and since I, since I, I was taking that path, then I decided I have to, I have to move to content editable anyway for a whole bunch of different reasons away mm-hmm. from text areas. So every node is a text area on the live version, uh, taskflow.co. But I need to move to content editable. And, well, content editable is should be really called content impossible because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a, but especially what I need to do, it's just, it's just a pain in the ass. Um, well, that's so. why back in 2005, <laughs> Guyon and I built our own custom editor from scratch because we fought with... Content editable and design mode. I can't like design mode was like IEs, you know, Microsoft's mm-hmm. people. If people who don't know what Internet Explorer was, that was Microsoft's browser back in the aughts, right? And 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 nineties. And so there's design mode and content editable. Content editable was like Firefox or whatever, and Safari. And so you had to create two totally different solutions, right? Because they were different. I mean, they were similar, but they were different ranges and selections and all that stuff nightmare so eventually you know and, and there were different open source uh javascript editors that would allow you to you know they were kind of great for like a wiki page or something right that level of sophistication but if you want to do something that was more pixel perfect layout consistency and control you you couldn't do it and you you certainly couldn't have control over things like bullet points and whatever which were a when big was deal. this 2000 uh Four or five, and two thousand five six was when I think we rolled it out. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that by two thousand twenty two, that <laughs> that you could hit the backspace, get to the beginning of the element, and the fact the flashing cursor wouldn't fucking disappear, you know, mm-hmm. and that the that the whole thing wouldn't just you know evaporate into non existence, and you'd be like, why is that happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like. You know, so basically, for quite a few days now, every day has been like battling with something like that. Like, why is it? Why is this really weird behavior happening right now? I do not understand it. And just breaking it down, like line by line, tracing everything, working out. In that instance, I look. I looked on Stack Overflow, a lot of different places to try and solve this problem. Where on Chrome, like when you get back to the beginning of a content editable within a content editable that the cursor disappears. And I mean, there was people writing solutions with like 500 lines of JavaScript type mm. thing. And I'm like, okay, that, I, so I just spam, I just like tried spam, spamming it with different ideas. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that phrase spamming. That's what Jack, that the kids say that I spam clicked, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah. You um, code so spammed I, it. I code spammed it. And just found out, okay, it's if you if you if you add a border, then it sort of makes it so that it doesn't collapse into that mm. sort of you know non-existent mode, and it. Works. So we're gonna create a border that's like an has like a border. white background so that it just like a no an RGBA border with zero, with okay. zero. So I just and then I found out actually I don't even need to create a whole border. I can just create a right border. So there's that, plus also minimum height and, so you know. You just have to create a white border, a right border. A, a right border, yeah. That's that's works. the kind of bullshit. <laughs> yep, 
<laughs> I'm Zach. I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I can't. The amount of stuff that we had to do. I mean, we had we were doing so many contortions back in the 2005 to create a a really pixel perfect editor. It was a nightmare. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but well, that was. I mean, you must have been way harder for you. Because yeah, you like it, and also it had it had a higher degree of uh, it was more important how it looked because you're creating a a, a PowerPoint slide right pixel yeah. it had to be pixel perfect not like a document where it's like well you know it's generally over here um, yeah so that's why I, we went to the extreme for anyone who doesn't remember the story I won't go into the whole thing but we created a when I say we created a custom text editor I mean we would capture every mouse click and keystroke and mouse movement. And we would update the DOM in real time. There was no editor. We created our own um, uh, cursor with just a flashing div, that, <laughs> which, which that, would resize and height depending on what, what the size of the font or the span or whatever it was in. I was just reading an article that the latest version of Google Docs that was released um, a couple of years ago, a year ago, was a whole blog post about they just did exactly that. Yeah, no, I did. did no, that was a long time ago. They no, no, but these guys did like what? Like basically, the most modern version of Google Docs is they did, they did what, what, what I did. what you just described with because Kevin they and I. they again fought with with all this other well, stuff. Well, you know, the 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 product manager for Google Docs when after he saw Prezo and was was really impressed by it, wanted to bring me up to the Googleplex and meet with the Rightly guys, and all that kind of stuff. Right, that whole I'm not go through the whole story, but. And we did a follow-up conversation. I explained what we were doing with the custom editor. Mm -hmm. And he was just like blown away. He's like, that sounds crazy. That is such, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they would have come up with the idea on their own later. But mm. I told him exactly how we were doing, what we we're going about it. Well, I mean, and this is year. I mean, this is like fifteen years after. So, so I, that was two thousand five. But to they, sink in. they now, but they, this was, I think they they came out with that thing in like maybe two thousand twelve. That article you're reading is is a lot as old. Oh, it's old. Is it's it? like okay. ten years old or something. Okay. I think it was like two thousand twelve or ten or so. I mean, it was a long time. Okay. So the. So moving from text areas in every note mm -hmm. to content editable. Now, even though this is taking me up a whole bunch of time, I pretty much had this same amount of time with text areas to work around its shortcomings. Mm -hmm. So as an example, um, you know, to have, to be able to do the arrow, arrow keys through mm -hmm. and, you know, up and down the page. Well, first of all, a text area doesn't auto expand, you know, doesn't auto like uh, change its height. Mm -hmm. So you need some code to, uh, with a text area, when you hit return, that it will like make the height bigger. So second of all, as you move the arrow up and down, when it gets to the edge of a text area, it doesn't go anywhere. It just right. sort of stops. Mm -hmm. So that involved code that um, took the text area off the screen, measured the size of it, and basically worked out, was I on the first line, kept track, mm -hmm capturing the key event if i was on the first line then move to the text area above right. right and so that that's complicated well with content editable you get that for free you know the arrow just so basically what as long as you as long as all your content editable divs are inside a parent content editable then you you can just move with the cursor up and down you get mm -hmm. that for free mm -hmm. so that's like 500 lines of code 
that I don't need to write. Nice. <laughs> so you can yeah. replace that with a new 500 <laughs> exactly. lines of code to That's do other... <laughs> 500 crap. lines of code to stop it from like disappearing and other weird stuff. Well, no, you know what? The Where the main code has come from, the, the main complicated code, is in selection because... Um, so... Because the, the the thing the main thing that I wanted is so that you can drag up and down and select a whole bunch of nodes, which is obviously super easy if it's just one content editable and it's just a bunch of carriage returns and it just all works. But when it's many divs within divs and like a parent content editable and then sub content editables, it works, but there's complication about the selection. Like when you go ahead and say, okay, what's now selected? Well, it doesn't exactly know <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's like, well, this bit of the DOM selected, you know, like because this span is spanning across three divs, but each of those divs are contained by uh, like a, a within like four other divs just because of the nesting structure of it. Mm -hmm. I think I've selected this and I've selected this. And so I basically just had to go really deep and like, okay, what do you think you've got selected under this circumstance? And if right. you have, you know, you are completely wrong, <laughs> you know? Like, that is not the div that you have selected. This I am is not the div you're looking for? <laughs> I am going to say, look, if under this circumstance, you've selected two div, you know, you're selected like two parents up in the tree, so you need to like bump down the tree, and then that's the node that you've got selected, mm -hmm. you know? But for some reason, you do have the right character selected. I don't know how that's possible. It knows, yeah, it knows that I'm two characters in, but it thinks that I'm like two divs up. So. Got it. All right, so let's cut to the chase. So what? What's? <laughs> what's the story? Where? How is it? Is this going to work or not? Oh, it's totally going to work. It's going to be awesome. You think you're, so you're seeing, you see light at the end of the tunnel on this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got the selection stuff working, um, all working as expected. Um, and what I've just been working on is just to make sure that if I do select within a single node, that I know exactly what I'm selecting. If I select multiple nodes, I know exactly Got what it. I'm selecting. Send a node list. So now it's just a question of going in and filling out. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, busy work to do. You know, mm -hmm. monkey work. <laughs> another way of putting it. Bookkeeping like... <laughs> and uh, you're laying down the, the all the pipes to get everything. Get it's, all the information. It's, so you know, for every for every key like a return key or a delete key. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like nine possible uh, code paths, you know, because yeah. if you're at the beginning of a node and you hit delete, does it have text in it? Well, actually, the nine paths, is, there's, there's even more than that. There's just lots of different ways to make it seem like a text editor and work correctly. Right. So I'm just basically filling out the, you know, painting by numbers. Like, I know all the things I need to do. Great. So I just have to go and do it. Um, I haven't quite worked out how I plug the fast node stuff with saving to the database and uh, retaining state. And so I, I, there's there's a, there's a middle piece that I need to write. Essentially, a controller. There's like a controller system that I need to write, mm -hmm. um, which I have. So I've sort of got the model, the the, the intermediary model, um, and I've got the front end events capturing, but I don't have anything gluing it all together. Okay, That's sort of what I'm working on. Well, how long until we get to play with it? When are you going to start posting up a, a new demos on uh, Discord? Well, I'm going to get it to just where it is already. Um, and I think, so basically, I'm going to get it to where it is already with content editable, but being able to drag multiple nodes and then also make undo redo work. And I, I think, I mean, well, the other thing is I've got people coming. I've got friends, very good friends coming over from Ireland who are going to be here 
for two weeks Friday. So that's going to burn some time. I mean, that's Well, they're going to be running it. around doing... I mean, you're not going to be like hosting the entire time, right? They're going to be running around well, doing... Well, it's going to be off a... I mean, it's pretty much going to be our vacation with. Oh, them, so you're so going to we'll, take the entire two weeks off? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to do much. Let's just put it that way. Right. So I think that. So I usually much. like when people visit. I like it when it's like, okay, we'll do some stuff with you, and then we'll let you guys go do some stuff, mm. right? Because it gets kind of exhausting after a while. It's like, okay, there's only so many times I can go to the Griffith Observatory. There's only times times I can go to Venice Beach. It's like, are right, you guys go to Venice today? You guys can spend a day tomorrow. We'll go and do this other thing. You know. I'd say it would be definitely be like that, but um, also people split up, and then you know you end up talk, you know you end up with like one person from the group, and it's just a, a like you're talking while other people from the group are at the beach. So okay, you know it's that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to say that's going to really slow work down to like twenty percent for those mm-hmm. two weeks mm-hmm. of what my normal output would be. So I'm just going to try and jam as much as I can done and uh, get done in this next week. Uh, see what it can do. Um, Oh, can I tell you one other thing? Uh, yeah, just go uh, ahead. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, so the I'm content wired editor, in. Because uh, people like the tech discussion. So something else, this is really interesting about content editable. I mean, really interesting is... It's funny as it's like it's there's like three really people who like the tech discussion. Everybody else hates it. They're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. This isn't really interesting, but it's it's somewhat, inter- somewhat interesting if you're a developer. When you have a content edit- editable and you wrap up a whole bunch of other content editables, mm-hmm. the only... Events only fire on the parent. Mm. So, so if you're in the if you're in like you know three three nodes down and you're changing, and the, some text has changed, the parent fires the change event, not that particular one that you've got. So right. basically, I am also having to write an event trapping <laughs> like an event right. system, right? Sort of event interrogation. <laughs> who's, this, so ba- who's the who's the source of this? Thing, well, right? I, what I was thinking of doing was just doing it that like, because I'm already capturing every keystroke, I need to do that anyway. So I was just thinking here of just basically saying, uh, just just there, put it putting a changed event. So basically making my own change events on every one of these things. So mm-hmm. then I just my event listener just observes my own change event. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. I yeah, that's what I was thinking of doing. So, yeah, that sounds that's, cool. I mean, I'm glad you're back on it. I'm like yeah. you getting sucked down the music hole for like nine months and uh, <laughs> come back. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be like, that. well, you know, thinking about resurrecting that's quote. But in the meantime, I did that. The music idea was, as I as I mentioned in the Discord, was about this. Um, so back in two thousand, you know, when I when I was in a band and Gorillas came out, <laughs> um, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. The cartoon. Concept, yeah. cartoon band concept. For people who don't know, the Gorillas are a cartoon, right? Not everybody is aware of that. It's thing. a virtual band. Yeah. And um, so I did. It, I sort of put feelers out at the time, you know, amongst our friends. Like, does anyone know anyone who can draw or whatever? And I did. There was someone who who was, uh, I, I guess, an art student or something, and he had just happened to draw a lot of characters. I mean, like forty different characters. Uh, you know, on the on all these. Uh, like five sheets of paper or something and somehow uh i can't remember how but i got a copy of it and i've i've reached out and tried to find this person and i couldn't haven't been able to find him i've reached out multiple times so i just have these like five sheets of uh loads mm-hmm. of these awesome characters and uh it's just always been in the back of my mind you know what those four characters would make a great virtual band so um 
Oh, I've been thinking about that. And so is that where the song came from, or the song came from something else, and then you thought of the characters? No, the I, the, the 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 song did not come from the characters. The characters have been in the back of my mind for right. like twenty years to, right. to do a virtual band, like for right. ages. And songs are always coming up in my head, and I, when I've got my iPhone and I just like jam them down, whatever. How do I you just, jam I, them down? I just record them. I just whip out the recorder. So I've got like hundreds. What do you sing it or what do you? Yeah, you, sing it. Sing it. I sing, sing it. I, I sort of say, okay, this is how the drums go. Do, 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 do. Okay, this is how the thing goes. So okay. I've just got okay. like, I've got so hundreds. you're beatboxing and you're like that hundreds. guy from Pol Police Academy. <laughs> so, so the reason why I went into this madness um, was because I, I was driving to Las Vegas for Monticia and I had five, unfortunately, five hours to just think. So you just sat and sang to yourself? <laughs> Each way. I started way. singing. I started from thinking. Baker to, from, <laughs> from Apple Valley, Victorville to Baker, you're just beatboxing away? What, 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 and as I was singing, something occurred to me, which is just really weird. It's like, part of the reason why we didn't succeed as a band, even though we tried really hard and we, you know, toured and did all that stuff was just because the the vocal register that I sang in, um, we're trying to be like a kind of Coldplay or something like that. So that's a mid-range vocal register. And um, you know what? I'm like a C- minus singing like that. You're always um, be a B-plus to me, Justin. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, if, if Coldplay are an A-plus or whatever, I'm like a C-minus. So I can't really... I could, what does it's that just, even mean? I don't even know what you're talking about. Is that just like how? Uh, yeah, just how the how the how the voice sounds. Like like some people's voice, you listen to their voice and it just kind of sounds like an instrument. It's like that is just pleasant. You know, I mean, you've heard of it. Oh, you, so like, you're giving yourself a C minus in terms of your grade, like you're below yeah. mediocre, is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. My 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 mid range voice, trying to sing like in a mid range, is like a C minus. Okay, so, so what, but, where, I, where where do you what, you're a true what? Where should you be? Well, that's. That's always been the problem. I should be a baritone, like a like you an Elvis. Should be writing code, is what you're saying. I, no, have you heard? Do you know what baritone means? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like low. It's like an Elvis yeah. type of uh, right. type of range. But the problem is, is I've always hated that sound. You know, as for me, as a as a songwriter, because you have a lower voice. I have a. So you have I mean, a naturally. You're naturally more I, in the baritone range. I, so basically, I'm I'm at least a B plus to an A if I sing in that way. If I, I mean, I do a dead on Elvis impersonation. For but example. you just don't wanna. I just it just doesn't it's it just doesn't gel with. Dude, the kind you of gotta music. play. You get in where you fit in, man. You <laughs> know? know, it's that's that's just saying. Let's just say Colby's football team, like the cut, the get in where you fit in. You know, like not everybody's a quarterback. Right? But every like, time, every time I sort of sung yeah. that way, like. But like in the band, they'd all say, "No, no, 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 no. We, we, we're not. Gonna, we're no Elvis." But you know, they would. They didn't want it. They didn't want that kind of vocal. You know, and it's. But also, I didn't. It just didn't gel with where I mm. wanted to be. The problem is, got to play to your strengths, man. You got to know. <laughs> you gotta know what you're good at, what you're not, and you got to go with what you got, right? So on this trip, this five a five hour trip, I'm like singing to myself, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'm just going to try singing in that baritone voice. Some of these mm -hmm. songs that I've been writing over these last twenty years, and it's like that sounds quite good. That actually sounds quite good. And then it made me think about the 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 virtual band. I'm like, wait a second. Like this is a cartoon character. It doesn't matter what they sing like. It's not you. It's you know you're. It's a cartoon mm -hmm. character. They can sing like whatever they want as long as the song yeah. sounds good. Mm -hmm. 
and that was the unfortunate thought that I had that drove okay. me down the madness. Because you, because before you'd always identify the voice with you as a person, as a brand. Exactly. Who do I want to be? I want to exactly. be this mid-range, exactly front man, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it just that really wasn't. Well, you know, it's funny when <laughs> I used to run um, that soccer team for years, right? Mm-hmm. I would um, new player would come out. And I'd be like, all right, so I'd be putting them in the first game. And I'd be like, right, so and a lot of times we didn't really have practices because it was too hard to get practice field. So I would somebody would recommend a player. I'd say, hey, you gotta get this guy, he played with me in college or whatever. He's really good. I'm like, okay. Bring him out. We're you know, I'll get I'll get him some time on Wednesday night, whatever, get him. And I'd first start talking to him. I'm like, all right, so what uh what position do you play? He's like, oh yeah, I can play anywhere. I'm like, no, seriously, what position do you play? Well, I play like I my mid or uh, you know forward. I'm like okay, left right. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like you sure it doesn't matter. Okay, get out <laughs> there and then like I'd he play for fifteen twenty minutes and I'd pull him out and kind of didn't really make much of an impact. I'm just like I'm like huh. I'm like so yeah. I didn't you know? And I might say something like yeah. I didn't uh, didn't see uh, <laughs> this was oh well I actually really uh, play sweeper. I'm like well why didn't you say that <laughs> right? I, I, I <laughs> you could people out of position and they disappear they're like a third of the player they are normally i'd be like pretend this is your one shot yeah and you only have to play you have to play your absolute best to make the team where should i put you because that's essentially what it is and and everybody they they would always they always would kind of go they were they're, the calculus that they're running in their head was well, look, there might, you know, if I say anything, then he'll, he'll get me on the team because I can just be like this utility player. I can play anywhere, right? I just want to be on the team, right? I'm like, no, we got a lot of great players. If you're going to be on the team, you're going to end up displacing a player. So you're going to have to be better than a very good player. All these guys were Division One scholarship, whatever, professional players. So you better be at your peak, right? And it was funny. They would, and then and then sometimes I'd give them a second chance. I'm all right. Second half, I'll put you in at left fullback, right? Because that's which is okay, where you're yeah. supposed to be, you know. Right. And then of course, then I'd see something like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, okay, okay. Now, now, now he's making an argument for himself. So <laughs> rather than trying to figure out like what what does the market want, you know, maybe if I can be all these things to people, it's like, dude, you got to yeah. be you. Be the best you. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> that's your best shot because you're competing against the world for everything, and so you know, and the people who are the best them, and you're, and that's your like your fifth best thing, and you're going to compete against them, and you think you got a shot, really? Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's not how it's not going to work. Well, good. So, so, well, did you record anything, or did you? Are you going to do I anything did. with I, it? Or I did. I, well, no, I'm not going to do anything with it. I mean, I've, I've, I've got over the madness, but I did record. So I basically, I've, I've. I've got these characters. I've got this album concept, this band concept. I've written lyrics and songs for half the album plus the last song. I've recorded the I've recorded the opening song and I recorded the whole thing in a cappella, just like on on multi mm-hmm. just multi-tracking, just me sort oh, of singing cool. so me like singing instruments and singing parts because I don't have any good way to input music right now. But actually that that brings up another point which is that um well, first of all, I'll say that I'll say something else, and then I'll, and then I'll come back to this. So, I played these to a, a friend, uh, someone who's in the music uh, industry, and he was like, "Justin, this is amazing." 
This is really good. Like, you are a super talented songwriter. This is amazing stuff. Uh, like, shit. <laughs> I really Don't wish tell you didn't me that. say that. What you should have said is, like, you know what, Justin? <laughs> I'm glad you got a day job. <laughs> like, you know, sing in the shower to your heart's content. Sing yeah. on the way drive, next drive to Vegas. You should sing your heart. Just... But don't. Yeah. So no. anyway, but even that, even with that said, I'm still, I'm still off it. Um, but what I wanted to say is, I, I was trying to work out. This is something I want to talk to you about. I was trying to work out why is the songwriting that I'm doing now so much better than the songwriting I did 20 years ago? And I think there's a couple of reasons. One is because I don't have any kit, so the only place I can do songwriting is in my brain. So it's like I'm not, I'm not like limited by what you know, what accidental keys I hit. So beforehand, all songwriting was just like playing around on a keyboard, seeing if some good notes came up and just trying to trying to take that somewhere, you know? Now it's just like, I just think, and I just like, okay, that's where it's going to go. That's what it's going to do. And just well, record it. So that's one thing I want to talk about. I think I've heard people talk about this, people who um, write or different types of creators. They're like, look, they, 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 it's really easy to get distracted with the tools and mm. a, a lot of the more veteran artists and creators and writers sometimes then eschew all that say, look, I'm just going simple. I'm just going raw because then I can really get closer to the idea. And I'm not distracted by the bullshit. You know, I got mm. like, I got this keyboard and synthesizer out and there's like 50, you know, different knobs and buttons and we got to do this, maybe that's like, that is not, what the music is right you need to go in and do what you're doing right it's 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 right what's really in your head and then you come and play with us and i'm not obviously i don't know anything about music but i'm guessing that that's part of the issue is that you, you when you're young you're always looking at the coolest dude oh i gotta have the xyz 10,000 new synthesizer and that's that's what that's what'll make great you know great music or you know filmmakers oh i gotta have this camera or that camera or this it's like you know you just gotta have a good story man you have a good story some good dialogue or some good characters it doesn't matter what kind of camera you have in fact if you don't have those things it doesn't matter how great your cameras is still gonna be unwatchable and i think the same i'm sure the same thing is with music anything else i mean you know some of the greatest novels that are written were written to this you know <laughs> a pen and uh you know where there's old ink you know pens and a piece of paper right i mean you know it's you don't need the fancy i think that's word processor i think that's super true um definitely the shiny button syndrome is definitely a part of it and it's like oh let me just try it you know let me try this out but the other part of it is like if you're if you're only prepared to to go like let's let's say you finish a verse and you're like okay where's it no let's say you finish a chorus and you say okay we need a middle eight now where's it going to go so you've you've just ended up on uh, so now you just start like hunting around the keyboard to find a note that's good. So mm -hmm. like da, 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 da. oh no no oh that note sounds good. So you're just kind of limited by the fact that you've got the keyboard and the notes are coming from the keyboard. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's in your brain, you're just you're just sort of thinking uh, there are no limitations. Da, da, da. Yeah, like there's, there's it's, it's just not like, multiple choice. It's it, yeah exactly. It's it's, it's just like whatever happens in your mind. It's just like you you're just sort of free in your mind. So I'd say that is probably like the the biggest part is just you're not limited by by an instrument, which is ironic. So instruments just end up playing what you thought of rather than giving you what you think. Another thing could be some other things that that could 
be part of it. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, when you're so into the, in the music stuff, you're so influenced by everything that's going around and what, 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 you know, artists are being assigned and what kind of music is hot. And, you know, you're just, you're, 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 you're being pulled away from maybe what the music is that you're really excited about. And you're just, you're trying to serve up something that's going to be successful. That's going to give you, um, you know, some forward progress. And you see that happen in Hollywood. I mean, being in LA, like I know, and I have enough friends who are in the business and it's like, and I see some of the stuff they end up start doing because they're just trying to get to sell mm. a screenplay, right? They're trying mm. to sell something. And it's just like, <clears throat> this is not the kind of stuff that they set out to do. But then they just spend years and years doing stuff that is kind of schlock. The trends. And I'm just like, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's sort of depressing, but I think people get kind of infected by that you know they just they start thinking you know like i just you know i'll take anything you know you know whatever whatever they'll pay for all right you know which is you know kind of crap or they just start again just thinking about what everybody else thinks is cool and it's like what you need to create is what you are excited about and you don't care about that right now you're just caring about a song that you want to make you don't care what's hot you don't even know what's hot you're not paying attention like what's going on in the scene because you're not in the scene anymore Right, right. No, so far from, and you'll see a lot of those uh, veteran, um, again, musicians and filmmakers and artists and writers is they they're successful for a while, and then they just kind of hit a rut, and then what they'll do is they'll take a long break. Sometimes just pull themselves completely out of the world for a while until they can kind of like reset and actually do something that's sort of true to themselves, right? And not the and, and but the thing is, when you're so in it, you you don't even remember what yours it's like you know when you're around somebody who has a you know if i'm, if I'm around somebody who's really funny i i don't even i like lose my own sense of humor right you're infected by that sense of humor right right and you you, you can't you just can't be yourself so i think that might be part of it uh it might be so just, so, you're just older and a little wiser well, a little smarter something else i wanted to say is i have i've got a theory that if you professionally do something mm-hmm. i don't care what it is if you stop doing it, it still percolates. It sort of percolates in your... This is my theory. You, it percolates in your subconscious. And you kind of still keep subconsciously improving at it. So, like, I bet that, like, the next time you sit down to make a, you know, a high-frequency trading system, if you ever do it again, like, you just... So, somehow, it's just percolating. New stuff, new stuff comes in and, you know, your next time, you're just kind of better at it. Well, you know what I'm I think part of it is, um, you you just able to bring more to the table because you you know more, right? You've had different life experiences. There's always yeah. metaphors and different ways of thinking about things that you didn't might, you might not have had readily available to your brain ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, but you've seen and done things that are totally out of that context. But yet, it's now something that you can bring to the creative process. You know, I think, I think that's for sure. That's part of it too. You know, that's why, you know, everything that I've done always seems to come back into the things that I'm doing now. If it has nothing to do with it, right. It's like everything I've done in sports or in math or in computers or in, you know, whatever. I have these experiences. I have these lessons, these heuristics, these ideas, these modes of methods of thinking. And it just sort of like, you know, it's just kind of like this. It's it finds a way like, to fold itself back in. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, you may not be even fully cognizant of it at times, 
sometimes you might say, well, like, actually, you do have an analogy. Hey, this is just like how they do video games in Roblox, you know, and they have this thing, and that makes me think of this other thing, and it's like, yeah, you know, the fact that you went and created Roblox video games with Jack somehow is <laughs> positively influencing how you're thinking about something else. Like, that's why it's like, you know these. You know, I think I've I've heard about this too. That one of the problems is is that when I went dangers, I think of people who have like these fully optimized lives. So they go to school, they go to high school, and they get a really good college, and they get a job, and it's just a straight line path. And they and they haven't t- gone off trail, and they haven't had a lot of fits and starts and screw ups. They don't have any experiences. They have these very narrow lives. Yeah, and it's like. You know, I think one thing you'll notice for a lot of the most interesting people, whether it's Benjamin Franklin or Ernest Hemingway or whoever, they have these kind of crazy lives that were all over the place. And they had all kinds of experiences. And some of them were ended in utter failure of all kinds of different types of failure and embarrassment and frustration and successes. But because they had these much richer lives, they were able to bring more to whatever else they were doing later. Whereas other people have these very, you know, straightforward, they've always been right down the middle of the lane, everything's kind of worked out, haven't had any big scripts. I, they just, I don't know if they really have a lot to bring to the table. They don't have as many new ideas because they haven't done anything, right? Which is one of the dangers about helicopter parenting and just trying to make sure your kid just does, everything just works out for them. It's like, ah, hey, you know, go go get in trouble. I mean, don't get in too much trouble. Go screw up. Go, you know, <laughs> fired from a job. Go... Get your heart broken, go and just, you know, gotta, gotta go do stuff, man. Um, and nice. I, I think it's, you don't want too much of a protected, um, orchestrated life. So that's me. That's you. How about you? How about you, bud? What's well, going well, on? <laughs> well, speaking of, <laughs> of kids, um, so I'll, I'll just start with this cause it's uh, just as a segue. Yeah. Um, so well, Colby's been doing a, 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 a good job with the um, the internship, right? He's mm-hmm. finished up, uh, or just about finished up, converting all of the different, you know, or really collective query builders, Civilot collective, you know, queries, and turn those into um, actual straight SQL stuff using my library and, and my approach, and. You know, he's got a branch. So he was over there. You know, it's funny. He were, I was like, well, maybe you should do a rebase and a merge. And so he was, you know, kind of messing with that. And then he did the whole... And it's kind of interesting. I'm getting this pull request from my son. <laughs> Dad, here, please pull, do this. There's only one merge conflict. <laughs> you know, it's like... You know, it's like 17-year-old kid, you know. It's like, this is pretty cool. And it was funny because I was telling Sandy. I said, yeah, I think, I think Colby's doing a really good job. She's like, well, have you told him? I was like, I don't know. Maybe. She's like, well, I think you should tell him. I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) She's like, I don't want to be one of those kids. He's like, my dad never told me I was doing a good job. I was like, okay. (laughs) So we were at lunch yesterday and we were talking about, I said, well, Cole, you know, you're doing a really good job. He's like, yeah, dad, you tell me like every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, your mom wanted me to tell you. (laughs) Nice. That's good. (laughs) You told me that every day. Difficult 17 year old. You're supposed to say, thanks, dad. You know, but, uh, I don't know. It was it was funny. So anyway, he's we're going to do some merge stuff. I think in, on Monday, and probably merge his code in to the to the main branch. Just and, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. did you like how are you testing that code? 
So um, he created a test framework. So he created a test framework. So for every single query that he's replacing, he creates it, whatever the original one was, and then the next one is the same name with underscore or SQL or whatever, right? And then he creates a um, a, a, a giant a test harness that goes through all the different queries and compares the results of both of them. And so they're exactly, they're identical. God, if I could, if I could code like that when I was 17, I would be <laughs> like, I, we, I don't know, life would be very different. That's insane. Yeah, this is pretty good. So I was like, so the next he's going to, you know, our, our sort of, I have a one administrative panel panel called Godview. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you always and, call your stuff Godview. Yeah. And so Godview just is, I mean, it's just, it's literally just one page that I can kind of, but it is very primitive and I can't see a lot of the information that I need to see in the way I need to see it. And I was like, okay, we need to create a God view, which I have lots of different tabs that have different types of filters and sorts and defaults to certain things so that we're, you know, been the kind of answers, the kind of questions we want to ask. Right. And I was like, so I think that's what I'm going to have him do next, which will then kind of get him used to express. So you have routes and the controllers and the service. It just kind of the infrastructure of it, you know? And so, well, you're shaking your head. So I'm just, you... I'm shaking my head because it's like, I'm shaking my head in awe. Just, oh, that he's doing that? Yeah, it's just fantastic. Like, but I mean, but he's going to have actual, you know, really, really good experience. I mean, he's interning right now, but this is this is more than average interning. It's really good. Yeah, no, he's doing really, I mean, I, I was told Sandy that I said, <laughs> I don't think I could have gotten this work done at a better price efficiency like i could have hired somebody who was much more senior but they wouldn't be able to write it the code that much faster right. you know like i think if i hired someone who was like a hundred dollars an hour they aren't going to write it five times faster this is not gonna, you know they're not that much faster and so and you get someone who's too cheap then they're like actually not that experienced and they're probably not that much better at doing this than he is so it's like yeah I'm paying him 20 bucks an hour you know which is you know whatever a few bucks above the minimum wage for california and uh, he's, he's he's doing a good job. Mm. It saved me a ton of time. And uh, the good thing is, too, is like it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he asked me like one question a day. He'll come and be like, hey, dad. And he asked you about this query, this thing. It's you know, good coding work. Like, it's good. It's it's I quite enjoy that type of coding work because it's like you don't need to think too much. You know, you just you just that's right. And you get lots of variations on a theme. You get it. You really yeah. get. And then what happened was so initially what he would do. You know, and some of these queries were pretty complex, which is why I want to replace it because you look at it and you're like, what the hell is this thing even doing, right? And so, and again, it wasn't like an ORM or it was a model where it was sort of like the SQL and everything was totally hidden behind the scenes and all you had to deal was deal with the model's relationships. Like you might like active record or something. It was this query builder. So it was like pseudo SQL embedded in JavaScript. It was nasty. I mean, just serve no real purpose other than to make it really hard to test and change the code. Anyway, so initially I said, well, here's what you want to do. I said, just run it in debug. You can hit this debug parameter and then it will print it out into the output panel, the SQL. And then you just take it, copy and paste it, paste it in here. This will format it so you can read it, take that, and then start with that. And you can kind of pare it down and kind of get rid of some of the goofy, you know, 
naming stuff that he was doing. And so that's what he did at first. But now he's just like, I just look at it. I just write the sequel. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's the sub selects and the group buys and all that stuff. And I'm like, good. So it's like, all right, so you're, you know, baseline, you know, JavaScript. I mean, your baseline SQL is pretty strong. And then SQL, of course, as we know, is a, just a power tool, right? I mean, it's oh, yeah, so, big time. such a useful thing. So that's cool. So, so he'll be doing the that UI and the tab stuff next, right? Yeah, probably starting so, Monday or Tuesday. So you're going to, how much are you going to give? Are you going to just say, okay, just go. And he'll, and he'll have to work no, out. No, I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to sketch out and be like, uh, what I'll do is we'll, I'll probably have to take a, you know, a little bit of time and say, okay, let's, the, the I'm going to come up with some ideas for some, from screen. So, okay, I need like the new user screen. The people, kids were, ta your students are taking diagnostics. Have they taken it? How much have they taken to it? What, you know, what, what, what course are they take? You know, just some basic information, right? Say, so here's the fields. Um, and I'll show them, here's how we create the template. And here's kind of like the view and the controller. And we have like a service class, which then interfaces the database. And so let's let's kind of walk through what what seek what do we need? And since since he's done all these convert he's converted all of these um all these all these queries, he knows the database schema pretty well. Instead of going, I don't know how to get it. It's like he's written all these queries, right? Are you going to show him how to do uh, like tabs in a UI, like where one's highlighted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll show him. I'll or say, are you going to just tell? You're going to tell him just make tabs. No, no. I'll say, here's how I do tabs. Here's okay. the CSS. And what we'll do is we'll just kind of lay it out. Here's two tabs, selected and unselected. Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Okay. And every time I'll do one, you're just going to create a new tab, which is going to have a new template. And then you're, and then he'll figure out everything. So we'll do one. I'll work with him very closely. The second one, he'll probably have a few questions. But it'll just be like the queries. By the, the third one, he'll pre he'll basically get it. And I don't know how many tabs I'll need or what, but going to be like 10 of so, them. So uh, what I'm wondering is, is there any part, is there any part, and th this is good because this is really obviously valuable for you now, but is there any part where you're going to give him something and you're actually not going to say, okay, here's some CSS and this is how you do tabs. Basically, you're just going to say, look, do this, Google it, work out how to do this from scratch. Yeah. Well, you know, so here's, so here's what I think. So once he finishes the God of you thing, I think I'm going to have him do something else, which you know, one of the ideas, I mean, something else meaning not Math Academy. So at the beginning of the summer, I was talking to my buddy, Doug, and his um, his son, Eli, is Colby's age. And he was talking about, I'm like, what are you going to do, internship? He's like, ah, you know, I might just have him, I might just give him a stipend and say, here, work on this project. Instead of getting a job, go do this, right? I'm like, that's a pretty cool idea. And so I was thinking, should I do something to Colby? Like, what would be a really most productive thing for him to do over the summer. And there's a lot of things that are productive. There's one is like getting good at coding, like that's useful. But the thing is just having responsibility of a job, right? There's something useful in that. And so this part of this was him. This is your job. You have to be at work at nine o'clock. You have to log your hours. You have to do things the way I'm asking you to do them. You know, you have to do a good job. You need to not get stuck on something and I find out you've been spinning your rails for four hours and ask me a question. You did not ask me a question every 30 seconds. Like, how do you, as a junior developer or, or even as a new, how are you, do you work? How, how, how do you, how do you be productive and, and not get fired? Right. I mean, these are the things you learn when you're 17 or 18, right? A, show up in time. B, don't argue with their boss. C, follow directions. <laughs> right. I mean, they're just like D learn, you know, figure things out, solve problems. Right. So these are the things that, I needed him to learn. Now, if he also learns 
gets better coding and SQL and JavaScript and Node. Those are all really great things, right? Um, so, but what I was, what I, what what Doug mentioned, which is the idea of just giving him a cool project to work on, I thought, you know, that's there's something to be said for that, right? And I started thinking. I said, you know, I can't even remember where this totally came from, but, um, you know, the whole space empires idea when they were working on that project in uh, in uh, the school in the class that Justin was teaching, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because Space Empires was this board, this space 4X strategy board game that we were pl- that we would play. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, you know, I thought it would be cool to one day be able to play that like on a phone, like a like a strategy game on a phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially it was like, well, let's let's have these kids model it and then look and build agents that play each other and give them something to like something big and complicated to code up. that They have to learn coding skills. It isn't just 200 lines of an algorithm or something, right? And it served that purpose. But they never they never got any, there was never any kind of UI. They never got something that was a play. It was only things that like eh, that agents could play, right? And so I said, you know, it'd be cool if we kept going in that direction. And we, what we did is have him create a 4X turn-based multiplayer strategy game on, a, on an iPhone, Android or whatever, right? Um, and I thought, you know, if, if we, if I could get him so that he could get sort of a playable, a basic playable version before he left for college, then that could be something that he and I could kind of collaborate on. Not me writing code. He's going to write the code. So I'm going to play the, and I, and I said, you know, I thought I'll play the role of like Y Combinator. So here's what we'll do. I'll give him a investment, meaning like the equivalent of a stipend you know like minimum wage kind of stuff right like you don't have to get a job at the coffee shop because you have a you know a, a, a an equivalent stipend and then you know the, the way they would do Y Combinator is they would have a weekly office hours you know everybody show up on Thursday night or, and have pizza or spaghetti or whatever it was and they do like an, an office hours with Paul or one of their partners and and for the longest time I think that's how they run it. I'm not sure if they run it exactly like that anymore but um, and, and Paul would always be like, right, so what are you going to, what are you going to do this week? What's, what's your goal? So we're going to get this feature done or we're going to get our first users or we're going to, you know, so it was kind of like material progress, not just progress in technology, but progress in terms of users. Right. And I thought, you know, maybe what we do is I'll run it like that. I'll play the role of Paul Graham, Y Combinator, right? I'll give him a small, uh, but I'll but roll it out in tranches, right? I'm not going to say, here's $20,000 for the year, or $10,000 <laughs> here. It's like, all right, here's $1,500. This for the first, you know, six or eight weeks or whatever it is. Uh, I haven't run the calculations to figure out what, what the right number is. And then we will figure out what should be the milestone, like what you need to hit, you know, for the next tranche. And maybe we make it like in six or eight weeks, so it's not too long a period of time. And if, and then once you hit that, you get the next next tranche, which is also how some VCs do it. They don't just give you 20, ten million. They're like, well, you get there are certain milestones that have to be hit. And so then I thought, you know, this would be cool in a couple ways because it would be kind of his thing as opposed to just working on, you know, Math Academy code, right? It's something that he's excited about. 
Um, and But it's also something that we can talk about and, cl- and kind of collaborate on while he's away from school instead of every conversation be like, well, did you go to class? How'd you do on the test? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Justin, you're backgrounding me. You're on your no, phone. No, I'm not backgrounding you. You're Dude, on your phone. I'm just... You're either falling asleep or you're on your phone. No, no, no I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking. Keep keep going. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at the top of your head, so I'm... Hmm. like you're staring at your kneecaps. You okay. are, you're obsessed with with uh, being if you're being backgrounded. Well, I don't know. Are you paying attention or why should I just stop talking or is this like? No, boring? you should I'll keep stop. talking while I while I think. Do you think? Okay, okay. I'm thinking so, about what you're saying because I have something to say to you about it. Okay, so, um, and so I brought this up with him. I first brought it. I said, "Look, you know." And one thing that Sandy's was concerned about, she's like, "I don't want you know you to project on him about startups." And I said, "That's right." And so I made that clear to him. Like, dude, look, I don't care if you were startups. If you want to go work for NASA or you want to work for some, you know, something like that, like I go for it. I, but, but <laughs> NASA, you know, it's funny. Like you didn't say, you didn't say like, um, I don't know, Walmart. <laughs> like, no, cause that's not cool. No, you can't work for Walmart. Wanna, not if you want to go work for NASA, that's fine. But Walmart, no, no, no. Well, I mean, if you want to work for some cool like, company that I think, okay, that's kind of a cool thing to do. It's a bigger company. It's not a start. You know, that's fine. If you want to yeah. do that. Okay. But I, I said, like, you know, I'd go out and have an adventure. Why play it safe? Right. Go Go. Right. I mean, and nothing's more adventure nowadays than doing a startup, right? It's crazy. And, and the time to do it is in your 20s when, when you, you have no, yeah. nothing to risk, right? Nothing to lose. And, and, um, Except for time, and so many people but... that I've talked to end up at places like Facebook and, and Google. They don't do any work anyway. They're just screwing around. Oh, and, they're just sticking around, yeah. You know, working on stuff they don't care about. So I'm like, do do something that you're excited about. So I was like, but, but, I, but what I told him is that you, the, what, the important thing is that you'll learn a lot from this process. Right. And mm-hmm. so like um, you'll learn a how to build something that works like a fully working something, even if it's basic. B, you're going to have to deal with customers. You have to deploy something to a server. You're going to have to deal with customer or players. You're going to have to get feedback from them. You're going to iterate. You're going to develop empathy for these people. You're going to have to know how to communicate with them, prioritize all this kind of stuff that's really hard to figure out. And, but it'd be like valuable, even if you go take a job somewhere else, it's like, I know how to deal with rolling out something and talking to people and getting, you know, like, these are like ridiculously useful skills, right? Everything's great about what you've said so far, but the sticking point for me is mobile app. Like, to me, that is a a bad um, time choice because like it, mobile apps are just, the, 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 the whole tool chain is so finicky and, um, it just sucks up a lot of time, all the little twiddly bits of, of that. Well, so what, so and what we're going to do you in that direction. Yes. Like, so what we're going to so do, app. so what we're going to do is we'll start with the web app. Good. So if, so kind of what we'll do, and I haven't, we haven't made it, uh, we haven't even like come up with milestones and goals. I said, here's what we do. We start with a web app. And if you can get, you know, X number of people just to really like playing, the web version and be able to play on their phone in terms of web app. Like this is going to be a phone game. This is something built for a phone device. Okay. And if they can make the mechanics and the gameplay are fun enough and that, then we'll look into the next, the next step. Um, Why does it have to be uh, just for a mobile device? Well, it could play, it could be also in a bigger one, but, but what, one of his favorite games, one he really likes is, is called battle for Polytopia. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Okay. It's sort of like a, 
It's kind of a 4X, kind of like has that 2.5D, kind of like a Civ. What's 4X? Kind of, what's that? What's 4X? Ex, what's it? Ex, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate, I think, or something okay. like that. Yeah. It's that Space Empires thing, right? You okay. go out, you get resources, you try to, you know, whatever. It's And um, so the, th the, th the thing is, is that... Um, one thing, because one thing I've always wanted, because the thing about Space Empires, the the board game that sucked, is you'd sit down and it'd be like four hours, and there's all these fiddly rules, and it's really annoying. I don't want to play a four hour strategy game. I want to play a game in twenty or thirty minutes. I want to sit down when I get back from the gym. Dinner's gonna be ready in twenty thirty minutes. I'm like, all right, Kobe, let's play a game on our phones. Okay, right there. So, it's too, so how many people can play it? Uh, well, in Polytopia, you can have up to 10 people play, but you have like a small map. How many you can people also play, play this one? Well, it's, I don't know. 10 you people. Could, you could have the same kind of a thing. So what I told him, I said, you know, and so we were playing Battle for Polytopia and I said, you know, this is kind of what I was imagining what we could do with sort of a, a space empires like thing, right? Not space empires exactly, but sort of a, you know. And so we take is some of the ideas from uh, from a space from space empires and similar games, and some of the stuff that's worked from Battle for Polytopia, uh, Polytopia which is more of like knights and stuff. It's fantasy. It's not, you know, the, the science fiction stuff, which I prefer, and which I think is cooler. And I was like, that's kind of like, and I don't see anything out there that's really like that, you know. And that's what I want to do. And he's like, yeah, because he likes he loved Polytopia, but he preferred to be space too. I'm like, well. Why don't we build what we want to play, right? <laughs> nice. And in the kind of game that you the play, it's not that complicated, you know. I mean, it's not Minesweeper. I mean, it's more complicated, but it's it's you know because when you have to play on a little handheld device, you're not building civilization, right? It's a much simplified version of that stuff, which which means it's much more doable. And so, anyway, so in, but the thing that's been really great is already all our conversations we get to launch is we have these very interesting conversations about what to build and how to build it and how to, how to build from the center of the app and start simple and the 90-10 rule and all that kind of stuff. So it's like already, you know, our conversations and everything is just leveled up in terms of the fun and interesting. That's and awesome. Fun. Would it be worth doing a marketing twofer and getting him to build in public as well? Yeah, I might, might do something like that. Yeah, we could we could do something like that. Yeah, you know, like well, I think, do a, I think do a blog, key... like do do blogs yeah. as you're doing it. So, like, just all round entrepreneurial. Maybe, but he's going to be in college, so he's going to have a lot of other stuff to do. Okay. So, what I might say is, if he gets uh, a playable game, that sign up, you go in, sign up, log in, play together with some other player. Then that might be to do like in a show Hacker News or a write oh Here's my version. I'm a you know freshman in college and I built this thing and you could go from there. But I said the thing is that you know he should get like his roommate or other friends say hey would you mind play testing my game? Do you like this kind of strategy? Oh yeah, play. okay. Well, would you would you mind playing this and you know let's play against it. I'm gonna get some feedback and that kind of stuff. And if and, and it really focus on you know, people in his dorm and friends and stuff, mm. you know, and also his people who are kids, the other kids he plays video games with already, because he already plays Polytopia against a couple other friends of his who live around their country or whatever. And, but that would be, but I said, once you can get 
a certain number, I don't know if you get 10 people who really like it or 30 people, then it's like, okay, like that will be one of our milestones. You have to play, get the mechanics right and get the yeah. UI right so that these these friends of yours were willing to play it more than twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's actually yeah. really cool, except I would like it if you could do this, this, and this, right? Mm. So it's a tall order, man. It's a lot, that's a lot to, to do, a lot to make. Um, yeah. Will Will you have, um, I mean, will you be, making any suggestions about, for example, use a web framework or build, build uh, from with raw JavaScript. I mean, I can imagine what yeah, you'd well, like to I, tell Yeah, him. for sure. I, I'm already telling him, like, let's, the, first of all, let's go simple and we're, going, we're yeah. just going to do this from scratch. I mean, I know how to do this okay. stuff, right? I mean, you, you don't need... This is a turn-based strategy game. This is not a 3D shooter, right? So you don't need a bunch of... Well, you don't really need a framework to but do that. But also, he'll be like one of the rare people who knows JavaScript from the ground up. You know, right. a lot of people are just working at uh, you know at a whole other level with with React right. and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to be like, all right, so here's, you know, because we were playing. He and yesterday, he's like, well, let's play Polytopia, so you get an idea. Because I was looking over shoulder playing. And I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about, like that kind of a thing. Although Polytopia is like a 2.5 D, and it's a really nice graphics. I'm like, let's just start web top-down, 2D, simple, right? It's got to be fun. The graphics and the sound level level up things up and make things a lot more fun, but it's also a lot more expensive and a whole lot more development. Just focus on 2D, top-down. Make it fun there. If it's fun enough there, then you get some people, someone off of Fiverr or whatever, and they develop a, a tile set for you, and, you know, you can start to put some graphics in it or whatever. But um, But the thing is that he's played a lot of these games, so he has good ideas. You know, and he spent the last couple of years working on the engine and all the stuff for, for Space Empires. So he knows how combat and economic phases and movement and the board, he, he gets it, right? He's yeah. been doing it. So there's a lot of stuff that he already knows and he has, he has opinions about all this stuff. So it's not mm -hmm. like he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know? Yeah. And, I'm just, and the thing I was telling him, I was like, because he was talking about, he's like, well, Space Empires are this. And I said, well, look, just keep this in mind that, you know, Polytopia does things a certain way. Because it's a different context, right? There's certain things that were done that way in Space Empires because it's a board game and it had to do it that way. Where did right? they get to with that project? What's that? Where did they get to with the... Oh, you're talking about the, the coding? I'm talking yeah. about the actual rules of the board game. Okay. But you're, but you're talking about what the kids built? Yeah. They implemented a fair portion of the standard rules for the different ship types and the movement and the combat and the bases and the technology levels and yeah they got a lot of that done but the problem was two of the guys were kind of not doing much work like they kind of checked out their senior year really just basically were doing nothing okay. and so it was kind of colby doing and one other guy doing most of the work and so it didn't progress as as fast as it should have you That's know good two of your team members right. decide they're not going to do anything yeah again it's hard to get much done but um I don't know. So it, it but it but so it makes for an interesting conversation. I mean, I I was saying, you know, look, there are things from Space Empires that are going to influence this game, but it's not going to be Space Empires. There's things about the, that that Battle for Polytopia are, that are going to influence it, but it's not going to be Polito Battle for and it's things from Stellaris or what these other things. But that's how everything is. Everything is a mix of these other things. is influenced by these other things. But you want to figure out what lessons, you know, to pick to 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 pull from them it's like why do they do certain things in polytopia why are they using you know grid as opposed to hexagonal map 
and a 2.5D, as it probably works a little better in this situation. You want to think hard about whether you want hexagons like you would in a board. Maybe you don't really want that. Maybe the graphics are hard to design in that context. Maybe you shouldn't do that, you know? Maybe you don't need, like in, in Space Empires, you have a mo an economic phase, a movement phase, and an attack phase. They don't do that in Polytopia. You know why? Because I don't think they need to do it. Because it would probably be more cumbersome. So, like, just make it more fluid. Like, I think that's the, probably the right answer, right? And it's not like Polytopia invented this. Like, they were influenced by So he's Civ designing the game. What's that? He's going to design the game or you're going to design the game? Oh, he's going to design. I'm just going to be his sort of, you know, okay. uh, sounding board and, and sort of advisor. I'll say, hey, you know, I would start, you know, kind of like today we had, we talked today and we had that conversation about the hexagon and 2D. And I said, look, I, I think, you know, definitely want to stop top down, not any kind of 2.5D isometric projection or whatever. Like that's just more bullshit than you worry about right now. Earn the right to work on that later. Secondly, if you're going, if your goal is to maybe go in that direction, then maybe not do hexagon. Because this was talking about a hexagonal map, which is like a lot of strategy games are. I say, maybe don't do that. Maybe that's not really necessary because when I asked him a few days ago, I said, well, what about Polytopia would you change? What do you like? He's like, nothing. It's perfect. I'm like, well, you didn't say anything like it's perfect except it doesn't have a hexagonal map, right? No. That clearly was not a problem. He's like, yeah. So I was like... You know, I was like, you just want to pick and choose the things from the different, you know, you get influenced by different things. And it's like how to make it really fluid. Because there's things about Polytopia that are going to work in this context of like a science fiction, things that are totally not. And there are things about space empires that are going to work in this thing and are totally not. So you pull and then you have other influences. You pull it all together and you create your own thing. Awesome. But anyway, it's a fun conversation now. So it's like yeah, a... It's good. Because one thing... Here's one thing that I don't, I mean, Jack is still young, so you don't have these kind of issues. But as as kids get into, like, teenagers, sometimes it becomes hard to have conversations with them. Right. Unless they're, like, an extrovert and they're asking you questions about stuff or, or just volunteering information. But first of all, teenagers don't tend to volunteer information as a default with parents. And they're not really that interested in your life. So they're not going to ask you any questions, right? That's right. And they don't want any more advice. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is it defaults to some kind of interrogation of like, so how is class going? What's going on with your friend? You know, and they're just getting sick. They get tired of being interrogated all the time. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. And typically, if you don't give the right answer, if they don't give the right answer, then they're going to get reprimanded or scolded. Well, you know, you got to make sure you get that paper done on time. Or you make sure you talk to your <laughs> teacher. You got to make sure. And they're just like, oh, the, you know, it's. So it creates this dynamic, evolves this dynamic. And so, um, but when you're working on a project like this, you're not doing that, right? You're just talking about stuff. And in fact, he's the one going, Dad, you know, think about we should do this, we should do this, and we should do this. I'm like, it's a, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, hey, man, look, it's your thing. If you want to do it, I would suggest you probably do this. 90-10, start simple, start with the center of the app, get something simple. You know, just the kind of, all the heuristics that you learn, yeah. Having been an entrepreneur, being a software developer, just like I want to help you avoid the like getting going a rabbit hole for three months to just stay in the same kind of thing. If you were in a startup at an accelerator like Y Combinator kind of things, they would say, you know what, I would do it, keep it simple and, and get it to some users fast. Get customers, yeah. Go build all this users. stuff. Yeah. So I think that's, so that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So one of the things I said to him was, 
I said, here, here's sort of the way I, I would define sort of the strata of the outcomes. And it's like, a good outcome would be getting a working version of a playable, non-trivial game. And I mean, working that it's deployed to a production AWS EC2 instance. It's has a backed by a database where you're saving games. People can join the game and play a game, you, you know, and then it'll have web sockets and seek, you know, learn all this stuff, learn how to, you know, write code that doesn't crash and logs errors and alerts. And so you kind of know how to run a production system, you know, so that we've, people are playing it, you know, wake up till seven in the morning and people are really pissed because they lost a game. They've been playing them for, uh, for an hour and a half, right? Mm -hmm. How to avoid those kind of situations. So if he could get a working version that a handful of people really played, like that would still, that would be a really great learning experience. He will learn skills that you're just not going to learn is in, in, in school. I don't care where you go to school. And a very good outcome or great outcome would be if you had the point where you had, say, hundreds of users, maybe they're friends and friends of friends and they're, you know, whatever, and you got people actually playing it, actually like it, and you're getting feedback from them, and you're kind of iterating on it. And that would be, that would be a, 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 a you know, a great outcome. Uh, a, 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 an amazing outcome is if you got to the point where it's like, Hey, you can actually charge a little bit of money for this extra alien race or this or that. And you're making a few hundred bucks a month because you have, you know, X thousands of users and you're making like, that would be amazing. And I, if you did that while you're in college and then you apply for a job and they're like, well, what have you done? It's like, well, I have this game that's, you know. Thousands of people play and I make money as this multiplayer real time thing. And they're like, well, what'd you take? Well, I built this and I built this and this is how to rep it. That, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a good job. Oh, right? yeah. Right. And so, any, anywhere. Yeah. So anywhere. I'm like, this is, so I'm like, even if it just, but and even if you got it to work, even if you didn't have that many users, but you got the whole thing work and you could talk about the tech stack and how you went through the development stuff, I mean, that would be, that's the kind of thing that nobody, very few young people, well, oh, done. that gives you a le leg up out of college just doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun, right? I mean, he he loves playing games as video games. He loves strategy games. He likes working and building on a game. He likes, he's really excited about the idea of working with me on this. So I'm like, this sounds like fun. And if we make it so it's like, hey, this is like a 15 hour a week kind of thing. This is like a work study job. I used to work 20 hours a week checking IDs at the gym or grading for the math department, you know, 15, no more than 20 hours a week, you know, six or seven or eight hours on the week, seven or eight hours on the weekend. That's it, right? That's, this is, you, your first job is is doing well in your classes and being a college student. But, you know, this would be a re really, really productive way to use your time as opposed to, say, working at the coffee shop. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's sort of how I, that's why I see it in terms of like, well, how what does success look like, or what are your gradations about, what are your outcomes? Because the, well, the ultimate goal, really, for this, is not for Colby to create a startup. It's to is a learning experience. Where where would he learn the most in creating a software project that actually ends up having users and building everything himself? And I mean, where, where could you learn more than that? 
It's right? really helpful to crystallize it like that because it, it's, it would be very easy to just make it like a nebulous thing that was just like cloudy and didn't have clarity around it. But just yeah. crystallizing it and bringing down the, the goals and the outcomes, it's all good. It's yeah. great. Really nice. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to write up a Google Doc you know, in the next couple of weeks, which just kind of outlines the, what, what we, what we kind of just the probable milestones are going to be, we'll, we'll, we'll fine tune as they go along, but this is the first milestone. Like just mm. hit this, you know, and we'll, we'll probably have like even shorter, like maybe there's a, the, the stipend tranche, the investment, you know, comes every eight weeks or something or whatever, but then there's every two or three weeks, like let's try and try and hit this. So this is going to be a new, a new fun segment. Yeah, and this will just be like office hours, right? So yeah. like every couple, every whatever week or two weeks, we'll do like a little office hours. Maybe every couple of weeks we'll do an office hours. He and I will do it. Like let's just do a Zoom call every couple of weeks, you know. And I mean, some weeks will be worse than others because you're gonna have finals and midterms and other things going on. But you know, we'll kind of just keep a regular thing. Right. But because he's getting a stipend, you know, it's like it's not like well, it's just this project where my dad wouldn't have time. It's like well, you want to get, I mean. I'm happy to invest as a, but I'm not giving you money, right? I'm happy to give you, it's sort of an investment stipend, but I'm not going, I'm not, you don't just get, you know, a couple thousand dollars every so often just cause I didn't, I had to work, yeah, you know, you get, you, you, you hit the milestones, you get the extra money. Oh, and I own 7% if it becomes commercial. So <laughs> just like my combinator. <laughs> nice. That's good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a little, it's just going to be a little, uh, uh, yeah. You know, so a, a sort what's of a, Math Academy news? Well, um, the big news is let's, let's talk about Stripe integration. So oh, first of all, sure. thank you very much for your help. That was, that was extremely helpful that i don't know what was like half hour yeah 40 minutes just, it wasn't much just 30 minutes and then you know giving well, you was, the code it was a funny thing is i post on i posted it on ask tz because i figured i figured a lot of people have probably done this and that you we, being one talking of about payment integration for your you know, custom subscription yeah custom stripe payment integration not using the checkout or whatever and so basically, I got other people like, "Don't do it. It's too hard." <laughs> <laughs> I did. Because, it. I did it. And never got it to work right. You know. Because it's of course, just... it's like J I mean, Jason would only want it to to be a hundred percent in Math Academy. He doesn't want the you know them to sort of go off to Stripe.com. I'm not do doing any pop -up. janky second rate. I f and I feel the same bullshit. way. Like you know me. I mean, I just like. No, I, I know. I want. I want it to be. It's Nugget. You know, you're on Nugget, and you're 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 buying something on Nugget. You're not going yeah, to I Stripe. Could... Yeah. I was like, I mean, I did this. I I did this for um, any foo in like 2011 for Christ's sakes, in like two hours. Maybe it's, it was three. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was nothing. It was like it was like an afternoon. It was like a. It was easy. It was like, oh man, this is great. And then the documentation now is just ridiculous. So bloated now, and there's just there seems to be like multiple levels of solutions, and there's sort of like the the payment link and then the checkout and then there's the soda pseudo custom integration the custom and it's really hard to figure out which one you're doing you're following the documentation which one they're even talking about which one thing is that I actually got confused about and i think you might have he, he clued me in on that i said jason this is that's actually that's not what you want that's the mm -hmm. right and um so <laughs> i posted that right and everybody's like oh go back this is a bad bad idea jason you gotta and i was like no fuck that i'm not no i'm doing it and you're like 
dude, why don't you just, why do you just text me? I'm like, well, I thought you were like, uh, you were like Mr. Discord. Every time you were like on it, you were like, you lived on Discord. So I figured if you're not responding in Discord, it's because you're otherwise indisposed, right? So I, that's why I didn't bug you. I was like, well, he's, he's, uh, he doesn't have time for this. Well, anyway, so you texted me back and you're like, come on, let's just, I can show you this in no time. And so we got on and we jumped on a Zoom session and it was so helpful because you're like, look, just here's the HTML. Here's a client-side JavaScript. This is before the form. This is after you submit it and get the token. And you just kind of do this little thing. And then here's the, on the PHP side. This is what I'm doing, which is probably a little different here. But then then you just cut and pasted the relevant part into like a little text document and then sent it to me. And that was like all I needed because like we were walking through it. And it was just like so it, it, it isn't that hard. No, it's not. It's just the documentation is hard. The documentation to makes it hard. The documentation makes it hard. Do you agree you just with me? Was I just being the... dumb, or do you agree with me? The documentation is kind of no, no. Every loaded. time, it's it's so it's it's so ironic because the whole point about Stripe, the whole reason why it's it's a seven billion dollar company or whatever, fifty billion, I don't know, is because it it's started with amazing. It started with amazing documentation for developers. It was super easy for developers, and that's why we all loved it and why we go there. But now every time I go there, I'm I'm the same as you. I'm like, what the, I mean, what the fuck am I dealing with here? I'm dealing with a card object, a customer object, a this object, a that object. Like even just the, the terminology, the way that it's all put together. But I guess it's, I mean, it's like, I, I guess it's They have just... fallen victim to innovator's dilemma. The innovator's dilemma, right? They have, they have iterated and made their comp their product so complex initially it was so simple yeah right it couldn't do everything you could do with braintree or one of these custom you know these payment gateways that were painful we could do everything but it could just do some simple stuff and it was really quick and easy now they're the new braintree or whatever it yeah. was yeah. and there is a opportunity for somebody to come in and, and do a stripe to stripe say okay look <laughs> here are the three things that 90 percent of you guys are doing and here's some cut and paste code, and this is how you do it. But it's because it's it's say for example, you know, you add you add a, a payment source to your account. Like this is quite a complex, a complex concept. You you get you get the token. Uh, you know, they enter the they enter the card, and then you submit it to their servers, and then it sends you back a, a token. Now, with that token, you you can attach a source to a customer account. And the, and the reason why they do it that way is because you can have lots of different sources. So you could have ACH as a source, mm -hmm. you know, like you can accept mm -hmm. checks now with Stripe. You can have all sorts of different things, but of course you can't have PayPal, which is the one thing that would be really great. But what I, but what I will say is, um, in defense of just using general Stripe checkout, um, the guy that I'm on mastermind with, I, I believe he saw like a 25% increase, um, moving from custom integration to Stripe checkout. Um, just Why? because I think it's because people because uh, what, even if I use websites with Stripe checkout, I get prompted. It says just enter your mobile number and then we'll autofill this with payment details. You know, so because it's it's kind of ubiquitous at this point. Like people do pay through it, and um, it's just easy to it. It's sort of like a Shopify kind of experience. You know, so it's it's very friction free. People are used to it, so that's the good thing about it. So I might potentially ironically move to that myself even though to me that seems like the headache because i understand the other way so well now yeah so the difference 
I, 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 there probably is that benefit. The difference for the way I'm using it is mine is a multi-step setup, right? So you don't just pay once you pay and then you go to the next phase, which is setting up student accounts. And so it's kind of this almost wizard-like feel to it. And I didn't want to like you go out of the wizard and then you're back in the wizard. And that just felt very... Yeah, no, I mean... I'm going to say there's like a 10% chance that I'll move away from the from the custom yeah. fields. There's a 10% chance, but I might do it. But um, but here's anyway, the thing. Well, here, here's how long did it take you to do it? Once, well, here, once one thing I want to say about the, 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 before. Okay, yeah, I'll get to that. So finish this this Stripe integration. But, but before I get to that, um, Math Academy is mostly, a, for most people, it's a high intent. Like you're going to pay real money for it mm -hmm. and you're doing it for your kids. It's not like, I don't know, I'm paying five bucks for this thing, whatever. Yeah, right. No, right, exactly. it's not it. Like, my kid is not getting when they need a school. This looks like a really good solution. I'm signing them up. Oh, I have to type in my credit card. I'm not going to do it. No, mm -hmm. that's not how this is. That is not the context. That's why when you ever look at advice about the stuff, you have to like, what context are people talking about? What level of it's not like customer. it's not like so so here's here's a here's a yeah exactly to just mirror what you just said in a different way so my friend's app it is uh it's about a 50 dollar price point but there's other there's other apps like it you know but it's not like with math academy you're gonna be like oh they're gonna make me pay credit cards so i'm gonna go to the other math academy you know what yeah. i mean it's go not, ahead it's word like, what are you there, talking about there is no other math academy so it's like Yep, yeah. you better just suffer through the pain of taking that credit card out of the pocket and entering those numbers right now. Right. You know, so. so and I had looked at a couple other, like one one of the, um, one of the biggest education, math education sites, IXL, which is sort of like a, it's like a. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's mostly just like, um, it's almost like online worksheets in a sense. I mean, it's just practice, right? They have just type in a credit card, same thing. They don't, pop out to stripe i mean most people right. save their credit cards in google anyway so, yeah, so it's like when you come to the form it just tells you select one you know select the one and yeah. it auto populates so yeah so i don't think i don't i think it's a non-issue okay so to finish up the story so i didn't hear when i posted that on discord and you didn't respond and everybody else was kind of like oh jason sounds like maybe a bad idea i was like all right screw <laughs> this so i went to upwork and i wrote up a little job post and said, hey, this is this is what I want. I'm an experienced developer, but uh, you know, I don't have time to screw around with the documentation. I need someone to walk me through this. You know, da da da. It's on Node.js, whatever. And I got like, and that's after I mentioned that. That's why you were like, dude, why didn't you ask me? Because I didn't hear from you. So I still had already accepted. I already hired. You know, you post something, and yet like yeah. a handful of people, you go back and forth. And you know, there's several people that look really good. There's one guy by the name of Derek, who um, seemed like he had, he's like, ah, I've done a half dozen of these things just recently. I can help you, no problem. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so you had already given me your, your you cut and pasted that code, showed me. So I took what you had given me and I got, I spent like an hour and a half kind of getting my form and my server-side stuff is really close just based on that. And then... He jumped on, and we we from five we did three hours together, and we finished everything up, all the all all the little bits because what I was doing a little different than what you were doing. So we had multiple subscriptions for an individual customer, and you had a different whole different scenario. So it was kind of like, you know, what's the best way to do all this stuff? And um, 
he was a great guy. I mean, we actually had a great time. I was like, you know, funny. He was exactly like a like he'd be a tech zing listener. Like he's had a couple of these sort of SaaS startups. He's uh, freelancing now. I he, I don't know how old he's probably in his thirties or forties. Like experienced developer. I'm like. He knew starts the restaurant. Have you heard of Texi? Because I like I would be I was almost be surprised if he hadn't been a listener or some way because he was so like our demographic. So we had a great time. It was really fun. In fact, I was more chatting with him half the time than we were coding. We were just telling him stories and you know we're going back and forth and stuff. So it was actually really fun, um, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, got it all done. So I've just been now um, just finishing up the rest of the the sort of wizard process. Um, the, the big pro, the big, you know, some like things you, you, you kind of start one, one path and you realize it's just too convoluted and then you have to back up and you're kind of mm -hmm. pissed at yourself because you're like, why did I realize this? So I had this like, okay, so you go in, the first step is, you know, my, I'm creating the account. Here's my name and email and credit card and da, da, da. And then it's like, okay. And how many student accounts you want? You're like, I, I want three. Okay. And then you got to go create three accounts. And initially I had this a wizard and I'm like, all right, screw the full on wizard, like, you know, sliding left, right, because that's going to be like student after student. You're just going to be practically yeah. go dizzy with it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I'll have it. So it'll just say like student one of two and then you, and you fill out the form and then it slides next. And then I started thinking, you know, I just get lost. Like what student am I on again? You know, where am I? And so I, the thing to do is just to play it simple. So after you say, Pay with your credit card. I want three accounts. And it goes and it has like student one, student two, student three. And next to each one, it has configure. You click on configure. You go to the form. You fill it out. Boom. Now you go back to that form and student one has figured out their name and email, what course they're going to do and whatever. And then you do that one. So I'm like, what? Like, this is stupid easy. Like, this is, you can't screw this up. And this is just like old school kind of a list in a form in a way. And I was just kind of laughing at myself because I'm like, duh. Why, yeah. Why did it take me so in fact, in fact, you barely even need you barely even need them to configure that like for the whole payment thing. It's just like you just need select number of students and number three enter in credit cards. Yep. Boom. Now That's you're it. in your account. Now you're in now, your well, account. Now, and, and then and then you're just but then it's like okay now you need to set up your your students. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's who's done? It? You but yeah. you just sort of sort of send them an email. Oh, did you set up your students yet or not? You know, like reminder email. Yeah. But, well, I want to immediately go to that. I mean, immediately go into the the student list. Got it. So so the, and so they'll take three. This is great. Um. I'm feeling. What was what was my amount of hopefulness last time that this is going to be launched? I was like, I was like, oh, you, well, you thought this was like uh, seeing Bigfoot or something. I, I was like ten percent. I'm going to say, I've got. I'm I'm moving up to a twenty five percent possibility that this is going to happen now. I, that I there's actually going to be real cut. That we're actually going to launch Bath Academy. Yes, I I, I feel. You 20, still think there's a seventy five twenty five percent confident? No, no. Okay, okay, okay. Well, no, 50%. no, no. You, you already put your base no, down. Like, because I'm fifty percent. Fifty percent. No, you're twenty five. You're twenty. No, I believe. No, actually, you you really. I mean, you've actually got payment now. That's that is a huge step. Dude, I get we got seventy five paying customers. No, I know that. That's not the point. What are you talking about? The point is, is like about getting a marketing site together. You know, yeah. doing doing onboarding journeys, like getting doing all the 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 grunt work to yeah. just create an end sales sales site. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know okay. you. I know you got seventy five percent. So customers. was your thought that I would never get it working, or I just wouldn't get it working by like September or something? Yeah, or by, by, by the by, school like year. by the by the school year. Yeah. But oh, but see, actually, like, you know what? It really is. I mean, it's such an obvious pressure point. Like shit. I mean, it's not like you can you can you can get it working 
you know, halfway through the school year, you want to get it working at the beginning of the school year. That's the whole point. That's right. That's the whole point. So, yeah. You know, it's going up in my mind. That's really annoying. It's making a buzzing noise. Well, I hope it gets rid of it. All right. Um, yeah, we'll just use the phones. All right, cool. So... We, where, where were we? So you wanted to talk about we we're. I guess we we're talking about the uh, what I was going to launch or. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, yeah. yeah no, so I was saying, I was saying, the more you talk to me, the um, the higher, I think the chances that this is going to happen. But you know what? Now that I've challenged you, th- it, that means it's a hundred percent going to happen because you're just such a competitive person. Like when you get a challenge, you definitely do it. So. Well, do you think I was gonna like let this fail with all the money and time I put over <laughs> the years and let all these people fail? No, this is not gonna fail. There's just okay. this not. There's no chance this is gonna fail. That doesn't. That doesn't yeah, it wouldn't even the, make sense. The the only question is whether it's gonna be um, a stand up double or a home run. Okay, what's a stand up um, double? So in baseball, either you you strike out, you know, whatever right. gets thrown out at first. Get the first, you hit it in the infield somewhere. You get or you hit it, you get the first base. Yeah, that's that's. So they say the first base, second base. So the further further through the bases you get, the better. A triple, that's good. You, you get a triple. That's you know, I don't really a home run, right? A home run. Everybody knows what a home run is, right? That's jackpot. Yeah. That's it. Just crushed it. A stand up double is you get to second base, but you you didn't even have to slide in. You just kind of could trot there so you really knocked it you did a, it's a it's good i mean you you typically don't hit a triple just the way baseball works, okay. you, but you know because they can throw it i mean it's just so a stand-up double is like you're not he has a really good that's really good so i mean i mean i don't th- would, go on i was gonna say some people would say you've almost you've you've kind of almost already done that like with you know how many paying customers do you have right now 75 Seventy-five. I mean, that's pretty nice. Yeah. No, look, look. If if this was bootstrapped and I put like, you know, no money or five thousand dollars of personal time, that'd be great. I put in well into the seven figures. Yeah. On this. Okay. Yeah. This is not a bootstrap startup. It's not a venture back, but it's not bootstrap. It's a different category. self-funded. Self-funded. But it's real funding. It's not like I just put like a hundred thousand dollars into this thing or something. It's oh, yeah. real money. This is real money. They had real time into this thing. Um, so I think you have to... Now, you can still say that most... It's funny. It was when, I, when I was listening to this, one of these Y Combinator talks, I, I love these, uh, these sort of... Uh, there's a series by um, Dalton Caldwell and... Oh, God. I forget the other guy's name. Who's the senior guy there? Michael. Um, yeah. Siebel. And they talk about how... A, a lot of their startups that are funded by they don't even get a single paying customer, mm-hmm. or single real pay. They don't even think that, that fail. They don't. They don't even consider that to be a fail, like a real failure option. And they're shocked that that's what ended up. They don't even, <laughs> you know. So they get funding and they still. I mean, they get. They don't just get twenty, thirty thousand dollars like they did back in the day. They get like one hundred fifty thousand or I don't know. Oh, yeah. They get. They get real money, two hundred thousand or something, and so. Now, again, they go, this is a few months of work. I mean, again, it's a different category. I mean, we've been working on this thing for years, and I put in, you know, almost order of magnitude more money than that. So this is a whole different category. Um, so, 
you know, even when you put any kind of investment, you can get real, real paying customers, people who are not, you didn't sort of buy your customers. You're not giving away for free. You're not just, it's not all about ad. It's, it's, it's mostly word of mouth and stuff like that. It's like earned customers. So I think I can feel good about that, that it's, it's, it's mostly earned customers. It's, it's, and, um, but again, this is a real, real money behind this thing. So we built, there's a lot of, of really advanced uh, proprietary tech and, um, and content. I mean, just massive amount. It's, it's you not need a lot more than 75. You were saying it was 1,000 to break even, you think? I think, I think we'll raise the price. And I, I mean, I think if we get to 50,000 a month, I Damn. think, you know, in terms of getting everybody paid and maybe able to take some money out and start, I think getting at 50,000 a month is sort of a really good number. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to raise the price a little bit from 39 to you know, 49 or just, you know, for the next, this next release, which is sort of like, we're calling beta two. And so. so thousand customers. Yeah. I, I think it's, that's ballpark. I mean, I wouldn't be taking out much, but at least I wouldn't be, you know, burning a ton. I might be taking out a little bit, but or I probably wouldn't take out any money, I mean, especially if we're growing. I mean, it would just, you know, it would make, it would make sense to yeah. take money out of something that's growing. No. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. going to put money to marketing. So, um, yeah, so the question is, you know, I don't, I would be really disappointed myself if I couldn't get it to at least that level. You know, I mean, I think, I think I, I think I could grind our way to, you know, one to two million annualized revenue rate, AR. I think we can get to one to two million just, just by just not being idiots. Just working the PR, working the, you know, the content marketing, do some, you know, maybe do some potential ad spend, do some, you know, just some smart stuff. To, and uh, I think we should be able to get there. Now, the question is, can, can we go an order of magnitude or more above that, you know? And uh, a lot of that would just depend on execution. You know, I mean, this, I think the, you know, but it seems that's my like, opinion. It sort of seems like a no-brainer because it's like, why wouldn't it go above that? Because, I mean, if you... If you get to a point where you've got, you know, a thousand customers who who are happy with it, I mean, the fact is we know that the market is ginormous. You know, we know that there's a huge market here. We know that there's a huge need. So you've, you know, you've just, you've proven it with a thousand customers. So all you have to do is just basically <laughs> just work out how to do that wake-up test, you know, that, um, that Gabriel Weinberg talks about, you know, what would happen if everyone heard about your product? Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be that type of Gabriel Weinberg type of marketing is what it's going to be. Well, yeah, you have to go through the whole, you know, you know, whatever early adopters, you know, the whole yeah. series of people that had some you know, people. Yeah. You have to go through that phase, those phases. Um, and for us, it's, you know, the, I, I, I think I, you know, I don't, I mean, obviously it's, it's hard to predict exactly how this is going to play out, but, um, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of kids that are homeschooled and there are a lot of gifted kids who are, whose parents are frustrated with what they're being served in, 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 in school. Yeah. And, and we're not just the United States, you know, in all English speaking countries, you know, all first world speaking, English speaking countries are our market. 
And I mean, we'll start with you know, the U.S., although we already have people in Europe and in Asia. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, my, my, I, I'm not sure what my goal is yet. I, I, I think it, until you actually start trying to do some marketing, because we haven't done any marketing. We're like, a, like laboratory mode. So people just come and knock on our back door and ask if they can come in. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, once we actually start marketing, um, it'll be, then I might have a little better sense of, you know, the difficulties ahead. And there'll probably, there'll be some day, there will probably be some months where things look like they're going to blow up and there are days where it's going to slow down. Like, oh man, I thought we were going to go and now we got to grind more and there's going to be more grinding. But the, I think the good thing is um, we spent a lot of time honing the product to, uh, to the feed, to feedback and issues. I mean, there's still a lot to do, but most of the things are, are, are at this point are, are, are going to be low, lower hanging fruit. It's, you know, it's not the harder it, stuff. With regard to the product, is there any um, big updates or is just mainly this moving N towards this launch? Nothing uh, nothing major. Well, I think the 75 paying customers was kind of our nice, it's not really a round number, it's not 100, but it kind of felt kind of good. Like it felt yeah. better than like, you know, we have 53 or 39. Yeah. It's like 75, it's starting to feel a little better. Even though, again, it's, a you know, we're still heavily, you know, if we were a plane, we're still headed straight nose to the earth we got we got to pull up um but uh you know when i when i check in and i see the students doing math and competing it's really exciting and you see these kids learning and they're and it's just gotten so efficient it's exciting you know you're just like man these kids are just blowing through this stuff and mastering the material you know, mm -hmm. it's one thing if they were blowing through it and it's like, we don't really learn it. Hey, they watched all these videos. Okay, so what? You know, like they're solving really hard problems, you know, that are, that are, and, um, yeah, we did, we just ran some numbers with, uh, Justin this morning and I was trying to figure out, cause there's how, how, how much, what should be the daily XP goal for students in the, in the program? What should our guidance be? And last year was 50 XP a day. Cause we figured, well, you know, there's 180 days and it was I, I don't remember what the number what it comes down to um but it was like 50 xp but now it looks like it's closer to no more than 40 but could easily be 35 xp a day mm. so it's just that much more efficient even than it was last year so it's like which is not like gonna take a lot of work for these kids so it's like they're mm. gonna blow through tons of stuff and it's gonna be very low stress and not work so that's pretty cool so yeah, it, yeah i mean it, it just works and you know it's funny like you know, I've told you we have that kind of leaderboard stuff going. I, we improve that. And, like, you know, you have different leagues. So you're in the Iron League and you're promoted to the Bronze League and are demoted or whatever, that whole thing. And um, one of my friends has a couple of his kids on it. I'm not even sure how they all, all there. I think they're pretty young. And uh, his one daughter was not doing a whole lot. And I said to him, I'm like, hey, you know, you might want to talk to her. I don't know if your daughter's taking this very seriously. I mean, you know, just a heads up, right? And then, like, I guess he talked to her, and now she's just been, like, crushing it. I mean, top of the leaderboard, and, like, five, you know, 500 XP, and, like, oh, I mean, it was just crazy. I was like, dude, would you promise her a pony or something? <laughs> she's, she's just leaving everybody behind. But it's funny, like, when, when kids actually decide that they're motivated or want to do it, either because they're motivated just as a challenge or for themselves or their parents or they're some kind of external thing, I mean... It's just uh, shocking how, how well it works. 
That's awesome. So, I mean, it's just, it's simply a better mousetrap. There's no competing against it manually. I, one thing I would say, I, I've always had this idea in my head that, like, if, if we got to a point where people were like, oh, I don't know if this doesn't work, I will take all comers. Anybody wants to put $10,000 on the line, we'll run a competition, and I'll guarantee you the system will outperform any math teacher in any of our subjects, period. Anybody wants to spend $10,000 on, you take and teach them your methods or whatever, we'll outperform. <laughs> Anybody want to step up? That's how confident I am. Interesting. You, can't, you, you cannot outcompete it. It, it, will, it, will, it will beat anybody. So how would you do it? So you'd, how, would, how would that work? You'd put 10000 on the line against a teacher and their class? Yeah, I'd say, okay, so let's just say, there, let's just say someone was like, wow, you know, this didn't work. I'm like, all right, you pick your teacher. You pick your sub. You, you want to do algebra? You want to do calculus? You'll take a class of 20 kids. We'll, t- we'll take 40 kids or randomly select them or do something. You can teach 40. Or I don't know how we would do it. We got to be some way to do it that it's like, you know, you don't take 40, 20 kids who've already taken the subject and you kind of can cheat it or something. But it's like you take, you know, almost like a study. And we'll do we'll 20 do ours without any teacher involvement in, in, in any teacher you want to do. And this is the, they can only do X amount of hours per week on it. I'm tr- that's really interesting. I'm trying to work out, would that be good PR for you or bad PR for you? It's like, um, uh, let's just say math teachers might not be very happy about that. But um, it's, it's sort of like the, you know, the whole autonomous or you know automation argument about like ai taking over our jobs or something like that well the you know the thing that's interesting is like we you, 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 people are always complaining how you can't how you can't find math teachers there's a shortage of math teachers we don't yeah. have enough math teachers because people who really get at math can go make a lot more money doing other stuff yeah exactly you know and and, and a lot of people teaching math are not that good at it because they're Pretty only teaching because they have to, because they couldn't get other math teachers. Like, hey, guess what? You got to teach math. Like, oh, great. You know. Can it augment math teachers, or does it have to replace them? <laughs> no, no. You can. It can. Well, here's the thing. For kids who don't want to learn or are refusing to work, you, you need an adult there. But for kids who are like, you know, B plus students and above people who are kids who are either A and just are, you know, sort of diligent or have some sort of sense of conscientiousness or doing work, or they either have an adult say, do this, or you're not going to, you know, play video games or whatever. You know, kids who generally do what they're supposed to do, this will win, win hands down. If you have kids who just refuse to try and, uh, you know, okay, you need, you need an adult sitting there with them, kind of force marching them. Right, right. Right, okay, and that makes sense. there are plenty of kids like that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the B plus and above kids, so I think really what you want to do, and, 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 and our instructors use this. So what they do is they'll spend some period of the class doing some kind of fun activity. Hey, let's have a discussion about something, or out to some challenge problems, or we'll you know whatever, whatever they want to do, right? And then after 20 or 30 minutes, they're like, all right, they let them use the rest of the class to work on the system, so they don't have as much to do at home. And then the kids can spend whatever time is left there as their homework. Right? You should do that. Like, yeah. That's, but that's how, our, that's how our instructors use it. So I think that's ultimately how I would say it because it takes so much pressure off. So it's imagine if you were teaching class and you had a graduate student tutor sitting next to each one of your kids. They each had their own independent tutor sitting, sitting next to them. 
And you said, hey, let's talk about complex numbers. And you're doing that for 20. And they're like, all right, all right, okay. And everybody's itching to start. So, all right, and everybody do it. And then they get to work with their tutor. And their tutor says, hey, okay, so we're going to work on the stuff that he wants us to get to, but we need to do some other stuff. Or whatever. actually, you're already ahead of that. So, let's so they each have their own independent tutor. I mean, it'd be incredibly expensive, but that's what it's like, right? You would, that would be ridiculously effective. People would say, I would love that, but you can't afford it. Well, actually, you can now, right? Yeah, like 50 bucks a month is like a very good value for something like yeah. that. You know, talking about... Um, Which, by the way, that it's going to be more... I think it's going to be more expensive than that. So 50 okay. bucks is just sort of our beta. That's your yeah, initial. Right. Talking yeah. about um, being published, um, and, and, you know, it, I think it would be really cool if you were to do a paper on it. Uh, but Georgie just got published in the International Journal of Play Therapy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you, you know, it's good. That help, has, it helped her, has it helped her at all? Uh, well, it's just it, it hasn't uh, been circulated yet, but she got she got published. So okay. we'll see once it gets circulated. But I think it will help her. I mean, help it helps credibility, and um, it, you know, it's it's a good marketing message, and it's good we could put it on the homepage. Yeah. See, so. the question is, yeah, I, we, we'll we'll do some stuff like that. The only question is, is how much does that stuff help? Everything yeah. helps. Question is, how much? Like, what's the time? What time? How much time does it take to do that versus writing a few really good blog posts? You know exactly. I mean? But I do think that if you do that, that's when you get like, you know, PR in like New Scientist and things like that. Like it's, it's taking your PR to the next level. It's not just, oh, these guys are doing a really cool program. It's like, oh, no, that this is this is research backed. You know? it, it's, and that's an interesting question. Right. So like I'm I'm interested in doing that, but I'm also wondering, will that matter? You know, it's like. If you go on the web and everything's going word of mouth and they're saying, okay, you got to use this. It's way better. How many people are like, well, I got to go look in the research. People are like, Dude, what, whatever. I mean, no, well, people don't do that. They don't no, no, do no. that. If their best they, friend says, look, you got you to watch this movie. You're like, well, I got to go read some research and see if the movie's actually good. They're just going to be like. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's the purpose of it. I think the purpose of it is um, to, be, to lead PR. That's why you do it. So that you end up on, you know, in the back pages of New York Times, New Scientist, all these, you know, major publications. That's why you do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. That's the stuff I think we'll have to experiment with and see how much, you know. It's, it's one thing when you have 100 people working for you and you can kind of just do all kinds of things. Otherwise, you have to really pick, like, what's going to move the needle. And yeah. the people, right, and the, and the PR is obviously an important thing. But are there ways to do PR that's more efficient and effective yeah. than getting published somewhere because I mean, <laughs> a lot of these studies and in, in, in education yeah. are really kind of boring and i don't know who reads i guess i guess you could you could save yourself a lot of time and just track how many of your students passed the exam you know and just say oh you know we had like 200 students pass xyz exam yeah see we have data so where it's like these other education, other things, you have to, they have to do studies. We actually have data. So remember how OkCupid would publish these, all these, do you remember OkCupid? They were like mm. a dating site and they would occasionally, they had some, they had like a quant team that would, mm. you know, or data science team that would every once in a while write up some really kind of, not only like technically interesting, but also just sort of like fun articles mm. about who's yeah. dating who or what's, you know. So you could, you could just do some things like that where it's just, hey, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're doing. We have all this data. We have all these kids from around the world. This is what's working. This is what's happening. And it's, you know, I think that right there 
can be a really yeah. good story. It's like when Deep Mind just publishes this thing, you know, uh, you know that they're doing, and uh, yeah. they're, if they if you have some really good data to back it up and some, I don't know. So I, no, I'm I just wondering. So I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I've been thinking about these things too, but I also I'm like having this debate myself. Like I'm wondering mm-hmm. like what is going to be the best use of our time because my time, Justin's time, Alex's time is very very limited. How do we spend it? To best effect, what channel? So right now, we're our, our, our go-to market is going to be hitting the homeschool and, and gifted. And even then, you're talking two separate markets, really, right? There's an overlap. There are homeschool kids yeah. who are gifted and whatever. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's got, you got you got you got you got you got to focus. And if I'm spending too much time on all that stuff, then who's who's building out the product? Who's that, who's making it better? You know, nobody. Or, you know. Or, or, or not, or I'm not spending nearly as much time into it. So I had to be kind of careful about that, at least at first, until we have more, more revenue and can support more. I just investment. heard um, uh, Georgie and Jack walking back in. So, so time is running out. Yes. Time is okay. running out. Two two things I wanted to, to bring up real quick. Um, well, actually, let's just finish with this. So I got two shows, one movie and, and one show. Okay. Have you seen The Gray Man yet? No, I haven't seen it. That is a fun movie. Okay. It is really good. It's uh, uh, Ryan Gosling and um, Chris Evans and uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, lot, a lot of great actors. It's so – it's actually really good. It's sort of like – I mean, it was the kind of thing like halfway through, we, we paused it. Kobe's going, oh, this is in a series? I'm like, Kobe, do you seriously think there would be a series with this much action in it? You know how much that would cost? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kind of the action scene was just, I mean, what's the cause? Uh, millions. I mean, it was, yeah. but it's, uh, there's, it's really good. So if okay. you have, check it out. I think it's, I think it's Netflix or Amazon. I don't know. One of those. Net- Netflix, I think. If you like sort of like uh, Born Identity, Mission Impossible, action, but this is a little, there's a little, it's a, it's a little fun. There's a little funnier too. There's a funny aspect to it. Watch yeah. the Gray Man. Watch the Gray, gray Man. Man. The gray second, Man. the Gray Man. The second one is a TV series, which, along similar lines, is the Terminalist with Chris Pratt. Okay. So he's like a Navy SEAL who comes back. Bad things happen, and it's sort of like a little Death Wish kind of thing, you know, where he's this Terminalist, right? And um, really, really well done. It's really it's one of those things that's so good that you're like I'm like all right Kobe we're watching one of these we're not watching more of these more than one a day like I want to space this out. <laughs> but again, oh, nice. it, only if you like that kind of stuff. If you don't like, you know, if you don't like Born Identity, don't watch either of these or Mission. No, that's good. I've been I've been looking for something else to watch. Yeah, yeah I nice. I really like. I mean, The Gray Man is a movie, and so that's that's even better. I mean, Terminalist is really good. It's like an eight one or eight three on IMDb, which is a really good score. Where um, is that gra- being played? Which Terminalist. Jeez, I, I you know I can't remember. I mean, is it called the Terminalist? Is there Terminalist, Terminalist, or the Terminal? I think it's just called Terminalist. Okay. That's Chris Pratt. I, I, that's Amazon Prime. I know. I, and, okay. Uh, and the Gray Man is is, is that that's Netflix. Netflix. Or, yeah, that's. that's those are really good. Anybody watch it? Trust me, you will. You'll. They're fun. Really fun. All right, I'll so, check them out. So nice. yeah, all right. So we done here. I guess it's ice cream we, time for us. We're done here, and um, I, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to do two weeks because the the everyone's going to be here, so it's going to have sure. to be a full house. So, so it might be three weeks. But that's good right. because then I'll have a week before and a week after, so I might have actually made some progress with Task Good. Well, so. well, I hope so. I don't want to hear about any more <laughs> madness. <laughs> You're struck by the madness again. And <laughs> oh, if you get a song, I think we should, you know what I should do, Justin, is record the song, even it's a cappella, and play it as like an intro or outro for us. I w- I'm not going to do that, but... Uh, Why not? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's like... Um, to do the acapella stuff, it's sort of like when you're doing wireframing and you're using like a cartoon look sure. and, you know, it's it's just like completely cartoonish. Okay. I, w- I wouldn't do it because it, I think it would t- it would only be musicians who could really sort of see where, you know, where, where it was aimed. Okay. You know? Otherwise, yeah. it just it just sort of sounds like just like silly sort of acapella. You know, it's just it right. doesn't sound particularly great. OK. So, OK. But it, yeah. So All right, that's I'll, why I'm not going to do that. You're not doing it. All right. Fine. <laughs> well, well, when you do record it, well, how long, when you, are you actually, is this something you're going to do or you just write it down? Oh, I will. Gonna... No, I mean, when I, rec- when I do it, when I record it, like, I'm going to circle back. I'm basically, what I'm doing is I'm just putting it all on hold. Then mm-hmm. it gives me a good incentive to monetize task flow and make it do well so that I can get some free time to then do that. So that's what I'll do. Oh, one last thing. You should you should uh, reach out to Phil. He's getting into music now. He's starting to he got himself a keyboard and is oh, messing yeah. around. Yeah. All so right. you should. Uh, I know you guys haven't talked in a while. You should say, "Hey, <laughs> let's talk. Idea. Let's talk, music man." All right. Get something going. All right. That's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>